Welcome back, everybody. The Hotter Takes Dynasty Podcast is finally back. It has been a long time since we've been in my backyard, drinking bourbon, talking you, football. Are, are you going to like, I'm your host, Tyler Cheek, and this well, is... Well, I usually actually started with, all right, welcome back, and Griff loves that. Oh, okay. uh, so, you know what, let's restart. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Hotter Takes Dynasty Podcast with your loving host, Jason Britton and Tyler, that is myself. Uh, we are, we're, uh, I'm honestly really excited to be back, mostly just because I love the sound of my own voice and I love that you guys listen. Uh, we got a lot to cover today. Who are the you guys that listen that you're referencing? It's basically just real. Okay. I think there's, I think there's probably four. I'll look up the numbers at, later. We had a couple people from Germany, so thank you. Afita Zin. I don't even know if that's German. Uh, pretty sure it's not. No. <laughs> If we had German listeners, they are we gone. We just lost yeah. them. And a way to alienate half of our population. Au revoir. Um, <laughs> so we got some stuff to talk about. Uh, new league mates. Uh, we've obviously talked about TJ Cheney and JG a little bit, but we got a third new league mate. Thank you, Sarah, uh, that we want to welcome to the league, of course. Uh, some trade reviews from the past. Gosh, it's been a busy month. Uh, doing some... Quick draft recap. I know everyone's going to defend themselves on how their draft was perfect. We don't care. Uh, and then we're going to make some way early predictions uh, on who's going to win it all this year. So, yeah, a lot to cover. Let's jump right into it. New League Mates, what do you guys think so far? Okay, I am super pumped to introduce or discuss, I guess, the two people that I brought into the league, uh, known as the TJs. The TJs. Yeah, so TJ... I, I get no credit for one of them? Eh, kind of. Okay, that's fine. You you know what? You can take credit for him. I get I'll the take, real one? Yeah, I'll take the Michigan TJ. <laughs> and I'll just talk about the TJ then that I brought in, the Michigan TJ. Dude knows his stuff, already has made some solid moves. He actually understands how to rebuild a dynasty team. I really hope both Griffins are paying attention to the moves he's making. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because they could learn a few things. I mean, one could argue that maybe Tyler did learn something. And we'll get into that. That's debatable. Uh, I agree. I think TJ Braun has impressed me with coming into the league. I, I, I won't lie. TJ, gosh, this is going to suck to talk about two TJs at the same time all the time. Well, you can just talk about... Let's just say Braun. Uh, TJB. Uh, new nickname, TBD. Uh, I, I was really impressed with him. TJB. Like, eh, it's TBD. Uh, <laughs> TJBD. Uh, I was impressed with him, though. Like, during the draft, he was making picks that I thought were good picks. Like, players that I was hoping would fall to me, he ended up sniping a couple of them. And on top of that, like, just he made multiple moves that made me see, like, oh, this isn't just some jabroni that wants to be in Dynasty. He knows his stuff. He's done his research. Unlike somebody else that's new to the league. We won't name any names. It's another Griffin. Uh, no names, though. Uh, the... You're welcome, Justin. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised by it. I was sad to see Sarah go, though. So I love Sarah. She's great. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what else um, TJB does um, throughout the, the season because, again, he's got a lot of work. Oh, but yeah. I think he's starting to make uh, the right steps. So moving on to uh, let's go with Chaney. We'll save the last one for the <laughs> best one. Oh, yeah. TJ Chaney, thoughts? TJ, one word, bold. <laughs> bold is a nice word. Uh, I was thinking like fast and loose. That's probably more accurate. I feel yeah. like TJ is 
TJ is exactly where all of us were three years ago. Really? I do. I think so. I think you may have been a little bit ahead of the curve, but we were all just like in the redraft mindset still and not seeing the long-term advantage. Like, like it, we'll talk about this trade in a minute, but the Javante Williams trade, one of the things I told him was like, you thought that that pick wasn't more valuable than another one because it had Griffin's first round. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. yeah. Um, All right. So that that for me is like, that's a perfect redraft mentality. It's like, ah, it's a first round pick. I want what I want now because I'm looking at the now instead of the future, um, which is hard in Dynasty. Yeah, understanding the move in <coughs> Dynasty is huge. And, and yeah, I will say TJ Braun, I wish you shopped a little bit more on the Acres trade. That was the only only reason I gave him crap was that yeah. I didn't get a chance to counter. You know, oh something like, but, but, you know, it's minor. He got good value. He made the move he thought he needed to make, so yeah. kudos to him. I would just say, you move slow. It was multiple Brent is notorious for moving slow. Well, he that's, really that's did, yeah. But, but I guess TJ Braun, because he knew you, of course, and we all, we've talked about, relationship certainly is, is necessary to make some of these trades happen. And I mean, so Jason capitalized, and TJ did too. I mean, TJ feels like he won, like, to trade the both people thought they win, and that's yeah. good. But none of us knew TJ, and he knew Jason, so they were talking, I'm sure, over some, well, we know Jason wasn't drinking bourbon, but maybe TJ He likes was. to give people bourbon to get them to make a trade. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right, let's, let's move on to JG. Uh, Justin, you have so much to learn, and you're learning from the wrong person. <laughs> just stop listening to Tyler. Gosh, just stop it. Who should he listen to? Not anybody else. Any any other person in the league, honestly. Uh, the the draft picks. Oh my gosh, it was like eight hours for every single pick. It was painful. It was awful. I I I legit was like, oh, I'm gonna get the pick tonight. Nope, I didn't get the pick for two more days. Because it took that long. I mean, on a third-round rookie pick, what do you do? Fly to New York and scout these guys in person or what? I mean, what is it? <laughs> oh. What do you have to do that takes eight hours for a third round? Now, I will take some blame. If it really mattered when we were up against the gun, I would have made those picks, you know, four hours or two hours. But oh, yeah. ultimately, it didn't affect anything. It was just painful well, and to watch. Tynan was the one who almost ran out of time. So it's not he like did. it was just JG. Didn't he come down to, like, seconds? I think he was within 10 minutes. Yeah. That's pretty bad timing. You're but better than that. I think it's just bad because JG had so many picks, and it happened he so did. often that I was just like, uh. It felt more painful because of how many picks he had. It did. Yep. Yeah. So, that's definitely true. What about <laughs> his stellar trades that he's done? Yeah, zero. He's done zero. I had to pause because I didn't, I was trying to think, did he do a trade? No, he hasn't. No. Which so. means you're asking for too much. Which means uh, you've learned from your cousin. Don't do that. Yeah, we saw what happened there. He, well, we'll get into that as well, and how I feel. But like, you know, what? let's jump into some trade talk because well, I'm feeling itchy. Well, but real quick, I will say that it, it's it is it, at the very <clears throat> least is really cool to have three new guys in the league. It is. Who, it's great. Who are going to be active and chatter in the in the group me and be active and involved. So. You know, you can't really argue with that. So I'm, I'm glad that that is the case. Yep. Um, they are way better than the three previous owners that we had. 100%. As far as the league goes, I feel like the league is in a really good place now because of the chatter that we've seen from both TJs and JG. Relevant to fantasy or not, it's hilarious. Cut the yeah. mullet. It's disgusting. <laughs> but at the same time, keep it forever. 
because <laughs> it's fun. We're going to give you some crap, and there's going to be some banter and all that kind of stuff, but we are glad you're in the league. It's going to be better for it, but yeah, just buckle up because the incels are going to be flying. Oh, yeah, that's all this is about. If you are listening, you're going to hate this. <laughs> uh, that's all you need to know. Um, yeah, let's jump into some trades. There are, like I said before, a ton of trades that happen. Big trades, huge impact trades. Um, some before the draft, some during the draft, and then our most recent one was right after the draft. Um, let's do before the draft first. So, Jason, this was a trade with you and TJ. We kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier um, with TJ Braun making a big move. Uh, traded Cam Akers for pick nine in this year's draft, the 2022 first, his 2022 first, and his 2023 first. Yeah, I'll speak to it for a second. Um, one is that three firsts for Cam Akers, I think, is probably pricey, to be honest, because he, he hasn't really done that much yet. Um, but I'm, ex- I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful, and obviously we know that running backs are somewhat scarce, and so paying a premium for a guy with a high upside I think was worth it. It is interesting because at pick nine, which I traded, I was going to go Trey Sermon there. Mm. Um, so... It, but this afforded me uh, a couple different, like a little bit more flexibility in the draft, which we'll talk about because it led into my my next trade. But three firsts for Cam Makers for a team that's rebuilding. He did exactly what you're supposed to do when you're rebuilding. Mm-hmm. You get rid of your high-priced running backs and you yeah, start from scratch. Yep. yep. So uh, I thought it was a good move for both of us. Uh, I'm slightly nervous that he'll be the next Miles Sanders. Um, he could be. So it was one of my riskier trades, but. Oh, well, that's how you play Dynasty. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it, it – Cam Akers has tons of hype around him right now. Like, everyone's hot to try about him. They think he's going to be the next big thing. And we'll talk we'll, – uh, let's talk about it now. I think your team, even with him on it, has so many ifs that, like, it could be great if these, if these players pan out, which they should. They've proven that they can, but – yeah, I think I 100% agree. I think that was a great, great trade by Braun. Great move to build in the future. He doesn't have any stock in Cam Akers, so. Yep. And, and he got back some of his picks, right? Two of the first were his own picks, at least the one for next year was. I'm pretty sure they're all my picks. Oh, never Are they all yours? Yeah. Okay. I, thought, I thought Sheik said they were TJ's. Oh, I might have messed that because up. Because TJ's picks, you would, could imagine, would be lottery yep. picks, which would be helpful, but if they're not, that certainly no, I think they're. Yeah, I think that I intentionally gave up all of mine. <laughs> yep. Well, then, so, it's that, still not a bad move, though. I, mean, the, I guess that's the negative to the yeah, you know, not every first round pick is has equal, the same value, right? Yep. And so, a lottery pick versus the other 112 or 111, depending on what you think Jason's team's going to do, it's still going to be a bottom four first round pick, is, is what we project. Yep. Yep. So that's the bummer. And you look at the the impact those guys make traditionally in the bottom four versus top four and middle four. They're not quite as valuable, so that's the mm-hmm. that's the only negative I could say about about TJ Beal. He got three first, yes, but are they all going to be super valuable first? And we'll see. Yeah. So that's the only again, it's the only negative. He did strike when I can't imagine Cam Akers' value getting any higher. Oh no. <clears throat> I right. Don't. I mean, what, no one's going to give four first for him. So I mean, even if he waits till the first the fourth week of the season. And he's had three monster games. No. Way. How much more are you going to get for him? Maybe you can command a better first. I don't. I don't know. But yeah. yeah. So as Jason's talked about before, we've talked about on this pod, it's about timing. 
Yep. And Everything so, is timing. So I do think PJ did a good job there capitalizing on the value because of the hype of Cam Akers. Yep. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I think strike while the iron's hot for sure. All right, let's jump into our next trade. This is another one with Jason. I think all of these are with Jason, inevitably. Well, yeah, uh, every trade in our league is Jason. Every, every trade comes back to Jason. So it was Javonta Williams. Uh, so this is between Jason and the other TJ, TJ Cheney. Uh, so it was Javonta Williams for what ended up being Trey Sermon. The 2022 first. Which, which is Griffin's. Griffin's 2022 first. Uh, a 2023 second. And a twenty twenty and another twenty twenty three second, which I believe was Griffin's and TJ's. It was um, TJ Cheney's and Matri's. Okay. So now I have TJ Cheney's first and second in twenty twenty three, and Matri's first and second in twenty twenty three. My gosh. I think Matri will still be relevant by that point, but TJ, oh, I'm not so sure. Uh, man, I'll jump into this one first. This <laughs> trade, I felt like it was just not good at all i'm sorry tj i think javante williams can be great and maybe he will be but they just don't have a quarterback right now so banking on a broncos player i know you're a broncos fan jason played right into that card perfectly and got you to bite the bullet i mean just simply javante williams or trey sermon that's an equal playing field to me like huh. i think trey sermon could outscore javante williams this year it's not outside the realm of possibility just those two players alone is pretty even because we have no proven evidence of, <clears throat> pardon me, either of them in the NFL. There's nothing that we can say about, oh, they are a proven player. No, everything you've seen is college, and all those guys are smaller. But on top of that, you threw in a 2022 first. I don't even care about the seconds. The 2022 first of Griffin is huge. I think that pick could be the 101 next year. It's certainly in the running with the yeah. strong possibility. So especially with the trade coming up that we're going to talk about here in a little bit. So, yeah, yeah. I, have, I have a couple things to say on this trade really fast. One is that it allowed me to complete one of my two goals <clears throat> in Dynasty, um, which is one uh, the, the one goal that I haven't achieved yet is to win a title close to that, hopefully. And then the other one was get, get Griffin's 2021 and 2022 first-round picks because he sucks. And so <laughs> last year... Um, Britain made that awesome trade to give me Griffin's 2021 first. He gave it up faster than a college schoolgirl. And uh, Chaney did the, I, I same, the same thing. I was doing the same thing of mine for, for <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, TJ did the same thing, and I feel like both of them didn't even know what happened. It was so fast. It was like, um, ah. Yeah, so the other thing I really wanted to say on this on a more serious note is – there's a lesson to that I'd like to share with you guys on this. And so Oh, Education Nation. Education Ooh, Nation. Here he is. So when I originally um, was reaching out to Cheney, it was because I wanted Trey Sermon. And what happened as we were talking is I found out that basically he valued Trey Sermon more than I did. And so there was no way that I was going to be able to get Trey Sermon by trading things to just acquire Trey Sermon. So then what I, I kept thinking about I was like, you know what? I bet I can offer him Javante Williams and get Trey Sermon plus. And so I switched, I switched tactics on that. And, of course, some of us know that TJ Cheney is a big Broncos fan. So I took full advantage. And all of a sudden it went from Trey Sermon being the high-value player and a little bit overpriced to now Javante Williams. And Trey mm. Sermon was almost like a throw-in. Um, yep. And so I guess the big thing <clears throat> that I would think about is like, 
always try and find where the value is. Oh, yeah. Because Trey Sermon wasn't the value when I was originally coming up with this trade. And then I was like, you know what? I bet he'll do this. And all of a sudden, it was massive value, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, it's, you know, sorry, TJ, I can say this as somebody who's been there. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. when you're finding a trade partner, it is good to find somebody who's a prisoner of the moment. Mm. Right? And so in my case last year, you know, TJ Braun picked up on that trade very early on in his tenure in our league and threw some shade at me, which, which is justifiable. <laughs> yeah. well, well done, TJ. Uh, we had good laughs about it at the Distillery. The yeah. sure. oh, oh, my gosh. And I'm not there yet. One day, <laughs> one day I will have good laughs <laughs> one about day it. Laugh. But it, it, you know, you have to, it's not exploiting because Jason oh, no, didn't yeah. take advantage of it's me. It's capitalized. But he capitalized on the moment. Mm-hmm. And in my moment last year, I thought I had delusions of. Do you want to remind people of the trade? I will. Hold on. I had delusions of a chance to win last year. Uh-huh. And so I was a prisoner of that moment. And so I thought I'm just two running backs away from being able to be competitive. Yeah, baby. But I I'm, I'm certainly misread my, my situation. Alcohol does a funny thing. And so, so yes, the <laughs> trade was, and Jason is great to it, you know, countdowns and ultimatums or whatever. But, yeah, my trade was three firsts, which I knew one of them was Griff's <clears throat> first, which would most likely be the one-on-one. I knew that full on. I, it did not catch me by surprise. So I had those three firsts for Chris Carson, Carson. who I thought was going to explode Q4 last year. So, I, I mean, I knew the risk. And Damian Harris, who I thought also would be – and he actually played really well. He's just one of those that doesn't – Weight necessarily to di- to fantasy value. Yep. He was super valuable for his team, but doesn't catch and doesn't get goal line work. Yep. So certainly a one dimensional <clears throat> running back. Yep. Twenty carries for hundred yards is great for your real life NFL team, and he's going to get paid because of it most, you know, potentially. But it doesn't help me to have those ten points out of my RB two. So don't be a prisoner at the moment. Be objective. Know what you're after. And make sure it makes sense. And I think Jason got me on that last year. And mm. I think that's exactly what happened to to TJ this year. Yep. And he overvalued. And especially because, too, in my, it was misreading where you are in Dynasty. <clears throat> last year, I thought I've stuck between rebuilding and going for it. And TJ is somewhere in that same thing. I, I don't know what he thinks Javante Williams is going to do to his team this year that Trey Sermon could not have. So I'll speak to that at least a little bit. Okay, Javante Williams could be the lead back for the Broncos. Okay? The yep. Broncos also, hopefully, could have a high-flying offense if Drew Locke could ever get it together. He's got all the weapons yep. other than Drew Locke. So, or Teddy Bridgewater. Or whoever. Yep. Yep. Um, so, it could happen. Yep. So to his, I mean, and Javante Williams was a higher draft round pick in the NFL sure. as well as the rookie draft. So he is expected to do much better than Trey Sermon. This year. <clears throat> In general, because uh, again, the capital draft capital, um, the situation of Melvin Gordon moving out, um, yeah. Trey Sermon's in pretty much a perpetual committee in theory. So yep. I see what he what he sees as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I can see it. But I think that he also undervalued the 2022 first, and then also those two seconds. So. I understand why he made the move because Javante Williams could be great. I think he's PF, uh, Pro Fantasy Football's most elusive college back ever. Wow. Um, so he 
He, he could does, be. He could be great. So we'll see. Could is scary. And you know, I, I think it's yeah. it is one of those things like that. That's such a learning point too. Like we've all been there. I traded T.Y. Hilton for Tyler Lockett. Like Tyler Lockett is still very relevant, and T.Y. Hilton is very not. And I got Hilton. Like Matri, he's he's been there. Britain's been there. Jason, I feel like there was a trade, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. I haven't been there. Eh, we'll, we'll do some no. research. Uh, but all, everyone in the league is going to hit this point where you're, you're going to get roasted for a trade. It's inevitable. And that's fine. That's part of the learning process. It's part of Dynasty. You got it out of the way. Now we're on. We're moving forward. You're going to learn right. from this. Hopefully. We if should... not, please trade with me all the time. <laughs> uh, all right. Don't be a prisoner of the moment. That's, yes. That's my takeaway. Look forward. And Make sure what, you're weighing all the costs. And know how your team is constructed right now and what it can do right now. Mm. So that that those are my two big takeaways. And for for Cheney, I just I don't see his team competing this year. And so I do. Well, I and that's where I mean that's the funny thing about this this game. Yeah, I just it's all, it's all on perception. Opinion. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, I just I don't see his team being competitive this year. And I don't think Williams is not the piece he was missing. We'll so. see. I mean. I won't argue with you for the most part. Um, all right, we're gonna wrap. We're gonna speed through this next one really fast. Uh, I traded with Corey Vincent. I uh, jumped up to the 207. I gave him the 209 plus a third for next year, which is Griffin. So it'll probably be the 301. Um, I did that jump to get Trey Lance. Uh, I need a young QB with some potential, so that's why I did that. Um, and then he took Justin Fields. I'm just betting on Trey Lance over Justin Fields. Um, we're not gonna talk too much about that. Uh, and then we're going to speed through this next one as well. Cause I don't even really know. Oh, actually, no, this is kind of a big one. Um, cheek trades the two twelve for a 2023 second and a 2023 fifth, which is essentially just a 2023 second. Yep. Um, and then he ends up picking Palmer is cook picks. Tynan picks, Tynan Palmer. picks yep. Palmer, uh, could be a great pick. Um, mm. we all know that the chargers are looking pretty good. Uh, they've got a great quarterback. So I'm really excited to see how this pans out. Do you guys have anything really quick before we move on to that CMC trade? Yeah, for me, honestly, I love this trade because <laughs> I didn't want to take that pick at all. I literally was texting Ty and I was like, here's the deal, dude. I'm going to pick Schwartz and I don't even want to take him. Yeah, like That would have been a bad pick. Yeah, wow. it was like... He still gave you something even though you told him you were taking a guy he didn't want. Yeah, I, I told him like, if you want your guy, come get him like... Let's find a way to make it happen. I'm willing to trade for a future second. I don't need players this year. Like, I'm not banking on rookies this year. I'm banking on Derrick Henry, probably staying on my team till he freaking dies. Dig dog? Dig dog, baby. All right. Uh, and so I, I know that my team is probably going to be bad in two years. There's a high probability that the 2023 season is going to be the beginning, beginning of my rebuild. So I was like, all right, whatever. Like, yeah. I don't need now. I need then. Uh, so I loved it because I ended up getting Schwartz in the third anyways. So I was like, all right, whatever. I don't love any of these guys, but I got my guy anyways. Which, Tynan, thank you because I was still texting him, and he had a chance to take Schwartz because he also liked him. And he let me have him. So appreciate it, Tynan. What a nice guy. He's such a nice guy. All right, the biggest trade <coughs> of the year, I would argue, happened this past week. Oh, my gosh. CMC trade. So Christian McCaffrey. Tyler Griffin's main man, the guy he's wanted everybody's first for. He wants all 12 picks for CMC. He won't accept anything less. Goes and trades him for a pile of shit. 
<laughs> Alright, that might be too aggressive. But still, all this talk about CMC being the best player ever to play fantasy football. And then he goes and he does trade him for Antonio Gibson, Tony Pollard, and a 2022 second with John Neffley. Oh my gosh, could you pick a better trade partner to win the freaking league? Congrats, John. Ugh. First okay. off. Those are my feelings. <clears throat> okay, so <clears throat> emotion aside, yeah, uh, Antonio that. Gibson and then uh, Premier Backup, who most likely won't really be relevant this year or ever. He was good when Zeke was out last year. <clears throat> I understand the thought. I don't understand but. the thought, though, because Griffin needs a team that's going to be relevant in the future, and Tony Pollard is only relevant if there's an injury. Well, I um, think Zeke's contract is up after this year. I don't think so. Oh, he signed a five-year deal, I thought, yeah. the last season. Super long. I think um, he has at least three years. This plus two is what I think he has. That's my yep. gut. So we'll fact-check that. Um, I'm I'm almost certain it's a long-term deal. <clears throat> and then he got a 22-second. Gosh. Whose pick is that? I think it's Grit. Or Nethley's. Um, okay, yes. It is Netflix. not. I understand that Griffin is getting younger at the running back position. and He's getting someone who's good. Gibson's good. That's yeah. fine. But the issue here, Griff, is that you suck at rebuilding. I mean, you need to start with any other position other than running back. Dude, come on. You didn't even get another first for it? You should be embarrassed. Just embarrassed. Yeah, it's rough. It didn't help his wide receiver situation at all. I did check it. Uh, Zeke's contract, they have a potential out after the 2022 season. He is signed through 2026. Okay. So, uh, okay. so in after theory, the 2022? Okay, yeah, so when Pollard's already like 25? 28. 28, yeah, so whatever. He's not young. Man. I don't think he's, he's a young guy. He's but. young. He's in his like third year. Um, but from there, it, it really is just a – it's not a great move. I mean, it's great for John. I appreciate that. But it doesn't really help Griff with his rebuild – yeah. You're screwed. I, I, I'm it, so glad I have your first for next year. It sucks because it's one of those trades, too, where, like, I understand Griffin's <clears throat> logic. Like, Antonio Gibson, many people have said he's the next CMC. Like, I get the logic behind it, but he didn't improve for this year. The likelihood of Antonio Gibson outscoring CMC next year is slim to none. Like, yeah. so his team doesn't improve <clears throat> for the next two years. He trades away a highly valued asset. To not actually get long-term growth, like Gibson won't be around for, I would say, more than two years after CMC is done. Yeah. Max. Yeah. So yeah. Britton, any thoughts? I mean, I think you guys have, have said it all. I mean, I, I was surprised when I learned that the value for that I was never in the market for Antonio Gibson. So I mean, his market is two firsts. So you, yeah. you know, he didn't get three firsts like TJ did for Acres, Acres but. Two first and a second. I mean, I, maybe that's not as bad. That's the only thing is like to you know play the other side a little bit. But I agree with Pollard. He's twenty four now, in a couple years, twenty six. But at that point, he might be. Who knows about a second contract for him? So he, it's not guaranteed he'll be with the Cowboys at that point. So he'll be. He's on year two now. I think most of his rookie deals are four years. So he will have just finished his final year with the Cowboys. So. Who knows? I mean, I, I, that, I, to me, Pollard could help somebody right now, but more for a contender. I think he'd be a better, oh, yeah. a better trade yeah. partner, a better <clears throat> piece for. Uh, maybe Griff hopes to flip him for something, but 
I don't know who's going to give him. Isaac would be his best bet. I mean, Nepley's not going to trade back for him. No. Jason's not going to give up anything for him. It's like, I, I just don't know. So, I mean, it's two firsts and a second if you want to look at it that way, even though John's pick could argue to be the number 24 overall pick. Yeah. So, that maybe, again, speaks to not all seconds are the same, not all picks are the same. Yeah. But, I mean, I, he certainly passed up better offers in the past and certainly asked for more. And that's he a, asked for so much. So it's an example of, I don't. I just don't understand the timing of it. Yeah. I think he could have held out or even publicly shopped McCaffrey yeah. and received some offers that would have been better. Mm-hmm. And I could every trade hard. I don't even Netflix says, <laughs> you know, giving up Gibson was tough for him. Yeah. He, you know, he loves Gibson. I've seen trade calculators that have this as Griff winning the trade. So I understand why to that extent. But trade calculators are very fickle. Because they don't take everything into effect. Sure. They, they can't. Like, the league is... Every league is unique, so... Alright, we do have a live trade. Uh, thank you, Matri. I want to just give you guys a full recap of this. Uh, it'll be pretty easy. It's basically trading our entire teams to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not kidding. It is literally every... Single player on our teams. I can't even figure out if there's any players missing because it's such a large trade. Uh, I've gotten three trades. He did also throw in $1 of fab, which I appreciate because that's the finishing oh touch. Um, I posted in our group me that we were recording the pod and I oh also my wanted gosh. a live trade and that I had been drinking. Oh, gosh. So I received a trade request from Tynan that... I send a 2022 first, a 2022 second, and a 2023 first, and receive nothing. <laughs> so, well, I mean, sign and I'll see if I can get some more drinks in before he declines. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is going to be a live decline, but I appreciate the comedic timing, Tynan. Is it bad that like I kind of want to accept it? You know, It'd be fun to have DeAndre Hopkins on my team. Chris, don't be so down on your team, man. I mean, they're not better than mine, but... They're not terrible. I'm going to decline it. I really like Pittman, though, so let's talk. But that's declined. Uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. That might be my... I, damn it, I should have screenshotted that. That's hilarious. Uh, that's going to be one to give down for the ages. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. Hey, podcast is still going, even though you're listening to this tomorrow. Hopefully more trades come in. Uh, let's jump into some this year 2021 draft recap, though. Uh, so we've talked a little bit about pick trading. We're not going to go over that. What I would like to talk about though, is kind of all of this is speculation. So hear that before you get offended by anything we're about to say. Uh, don't worry. I'm going to roast myself at some point. Uh, we're going to talk best value in the rookie draft, the biggest reach in the rookie draft, and what we each would argue is the hands down worst pick. Um, Let's go. Let's go. Biggest value first. I think that is easily the most speculative thing that we could talk about. Uh, worst pick. That's usually pretty easy to figure out because it's a trash pick. Um, <laughs> best value in the draft. Who, who do you guys have? Anybody? Uh, this is a really, uh, really tough one for me because can't pick yourself. Okay. Um, <laughs> so. The reason why I think this is so tough is because this draft was so chalk for the most part. It was. Um, and so as a result, I really didn't see too much where I was like, oh, great move, or oh, there's great value here. Um, mm-hmm. 
for me, I think that the best pick goes to TJ with Trey Sermon at the uh, <laughs> the one eleven. I think that was a great pick. You can't pick yourself, inevitably. That was TJ. <laughs> TJ made that pick. Uh, Trey Sermon. It was a great pick. Yeah, I was going to say Jason getting Trey Sermon and the, the 101 for next year. No, 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 no. We're talking this year's draft, Britain. <laughs> Not next year. Only this year. I'll go. Okay. JG, I've roasted you a couple times. A lot of times. Basically all of our lives. Uh... I thought JG had a pretty dang good draft. Like, there's a lot of speculation behind it. But Elijah Moore, I like him a lot. I, I do, I, too. I do think him paired with Zach Wilson. I almost said Williams. Uh, Zach Wilson is... There's a lot of bright future there. Uh, Nico Collins. Yes. That's, that's my number one uh, best pick of the, the draft as far as value goes. Nico Collins, I think. Yeah. He's super talented. To he away. could be the one there. Like, that's possible because there's just trash there they don't have anything if deshaun watson doesn't play if deshaun watson does play wow nico collins value goes through the roof i don't think he will uh but he great value there and then in the third round taking jared dokes i like that a lot like yes he's not going to be the starter over uh gosh i can't even remember the guy's name right now miles uh, gaskin. gaskin um right away but they don't have a lot of stock miles gaskin either so he, he picked a lot of guys that could end up being the one on their team. So I, I liked his draft. And before that, too, in the early second, Amon Ross St. Brown, who, yep. was, who was in a good situation in Detroit, perhaps. So, I mean... He picked a lot of wild cards, like, in crappy situations that could be studs. Yeah. So, I yeah, like He added some good pieces there. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. What do you guys... Uh, what do you think about him picking ETN over Pitts? Uh I think it was the best move. You think so? Mm-hmm. Okay. I told him that multiple times. And I told him the opposite. Really? And it's mostly because I didn't want Jason to have Pitts. Oh, well, no. I think I think that Pitts is almost a guaranteed, whereas ETN worries me a little bit. I like ETN a lot. I would love to have him on my team. Um, but I think Kyle Pitts is a for sure viable fantasy player, whereas everything that I'm hearing out of camp with ETN, it just seems like a hot mess down there in Jacksonville in general. Yeah, Urban Meyer is a hot mess. So I get that. But we'll see. I mean, yeah. I, I think ETN is a great prospect. I wish he was on my team. Um, but I was just I was interested to hear your guys' thoughts on that. Yeah, for me, honestly, like it comes down to tight ends or they're not the most valuable fantasy asset, typically. Kyle Pitts is a generational talent, and he very well could be better than Travis Kelsey. Like that that is within his range of outcomes of what we expect. But Historically, running backs are going to be more viable for a longer period of time and score more weekly fantasy points. Additionally, Kyle Pitts has Matt Ryan right now, who I don't think they're going to have beyond the 2022 season, I believe. I'm not 100% on that. Regardless, he's older. He's going to get a new quarterback soon. Yes, the team's going to feed the ball to their beast, but it's going to be a new quarterback. Whereas Etienne comes in with Trevor Lawrence, his quarterback, and gets a chance to shine. Like, so, would you do a water bet ETN against Pitts this year? Oh, yeah. I would do, do that easy. Which side? I would go ETN side. Easy. Oh. Done. Yeah. Water bet. Pitts outscores ETN. Oh, yeah. 100%. Perfect. I think I think Jacksonville is going to be a fun team to watch because they're going to score a lot of points in every game. Whereas the Falcons are... I don't know why they wouldn't be in the same boat. No defense. 
a quarterback who's at least proven, unlike Trevor Lawrence. Oh, I think they're going to be fun to watch. They're going to be like watching a college football league because of Urban Meyer. Are you on this uh, water bet? I'm Pitt's all the way. All right. I thought Pitt should have gone at 103. Perfect. So, all right. No, that's an easy one for me. Put it on the board, JG. Yeah. You're welcome. And I'd even, I, like I said, I'd even do Pitt's plus 50. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, oh, to I a tight I, end? I wouldn't do that. A guy that's going to potentially get 20 touches a game over a guy that's seven, maybe going to get 10? 17 games, you know, that's certainly less, you know, the points oh. per week is not that big, but no, oh, I I think Pitts can be great. I also know that tight ends typically take a couple years to become super fantasy relevant. So that that for me was another reason where I was like, dude, Pitts could be great this year. Probability says he's probably not going to be great this year. He's going to be good. But I think after the Julio trade, why? what says Pitts? That definitely factors into it. So yeah. you actually have a number two receiver now. Well, I guess Jason was going to start him at tight end anyway, tight end anyway because of Kittle. But now he's starting the Falcons' number two receiver in his flex spot. You need his pot stickers. You need his pot stickers. So, oh, brief intermission, fellas. Uh, Kim just brought, brought out, some Kim brought out some hors d'oeuvres. I don't know if you know what a pot sticker is, but they're disgusting. I don't like them. Dudes, just so you know, I now have I'm something to soak up this bourbon, so your trading window is... Ooh, it's closing. It's closing. This is not live. This is unfortunate. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's my take on it. I, I do... I, I like Etienne. I just I don't know why. But I do too. I like him as well. Alright, uh, let's jump into the biggest reach, which we were talking pre-pod about this a little bit. And I don't know if I agree with you guys. So All right, I'll let you go it. first so I can rebuttal, and then I don't know if I really have a biggest reach. Alright, biggest reach in a one QB league. <laughs> it would have to be Matri at the 110 picking Trevor Lawrence. See, why? I, I, hey, he knows this is not a super flex league, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. We're not talking Griffin here. <laughs> well, it's, this is why. It's because <clears throat> Trey Sermon went right after him. Mm-hmm. That's why. And then so did Rondale Moore and Terrace Marshall. Um, and I like all, all those guys better than Trevor Lawrence. Now, I get it. I won't argue with you. I wanted Trevor Lawrence at the 201. Um, but I, I just I don't think he needed him that early. The reason why I traded the 110 to him is because I didn't think he would have picked uh, Trevor Lawrence. Um, But I think it was just a bit of a reach, but I understand why. And like I said, most of this draft was chalk, so there's nothing super crazy about it. But if I had to pick one that was a reach, it would be this. But it still wasn't really that bad. It's a tough one for me, and this is my logic. And I'll vouch for Chris on this. He did not want to take Trevor Lawrence. It was killing him that Trevor Lawrence was falling. Then don't take him. That's the thing, though. You can say that, but at the end of the day, you're looking at a player who is expected to be relevant for 10 years. Chris is not necessarily locked in to win this year. So it's pointless to take a Trey Sermon, Rondale Moore, Terrace Marshall, uh, Chuba, whoever you want to say following Trevor Lawrence. It's pointless to take them because he's looking towards the future already. He knows if, if Trevor Lawrence pops off this year, he's locked and loaded for 10 years with this guy. Very good chance of that. I shouldn't say locked and loaded, but very good chance that he doesn't have to think about quarterback and drafts for a long time. So then he can focus fully on running back, wide receiver, tight end, whatever position he needs to fill in. Yeah, I mean, uh, I get it. He picked a quarterback that's going to be relevant for 10 years, but yep. his team won't be. So not too worried about him. <laughs> Roasted. Well, 
Well, and here's the thing. I mean, it's guaranteed he'll be less relevant this year now that he took a position he did a position he didn't need and probably won't play. Yeah. He takes Sermon there, and Sermon could add value to his roster this year. Yeah. I don't think Lawrence will not, at least not that much over uh, Windsor or Hurts or Wentz. Yeah. So, and if Trey Sermon hits, his resale value is way better than Lawrence's will ever be. Well, and we talked about it pre-pod. I, I, we have yet to see a quarterback traded in this league, right? In a single quarterback league, you're just not going to see it happen. No, 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 no. Griffin traded for Tua. Yeah, and I traded <laughs> away um, Daniel Jones, but that those was are both pretty much irrelevant. Yeah. The Daniel Jones was definitely just a, a throw-in. The thing, though, yeah. is that he could have he could have gotten, if, if, Trey Lane, or if Trey Sermon hits, he picks up a first and a second or whatever, and most 101s are coming out at the, the top of the second round. Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow, um, Justin Herbert was in the third. Yeah. So you talk about these values of these other quarterbacks and where they went, and in relation to that, it's a reach for Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I could, I could see it. I, I, I think it is future mindset. I, again, I will say Chris did not want to take it. He really wanted someone else to trade, someone else to try to move up. Couldn't get it to happen. Then I understand the. Then take somebody that you could flip. You know yeah. you're not flipping a quarterback, not for anything substantial. I don't know if Trey Sermon's a locked and loaded easy flip, though. Well, he most are still there. Jeff Wilson's still there. But a position there. player will be at some point, yeah. more so than a quarterback. Quarterback is dead and buried from a trade value. It is difficult to trade quarterback, but... And especially knowing, for me, and it was we saw it coming, that Zach Wilson wasn't going to go until the third round. I'd much rather, in the third round, take a flyer on him, who that team wanted, that new regime wanted like crazy... 103 or whatever. Mm-hmm. They picked 103 in the draft. Didn't have eyes on anybody else. They're committed to that yep. guy just as much as the Jaguars are to Lawrence. So for me, I, I just, it's a reach. Is it a bad pick? I don't know. I just think it's a reach. Yeah. So that's, and it based, especially based on Chris's roster construction. I would rather take a guy who is more likely to give you value this year. So that's the, that was mine, that was mine as well. You know, I love it, Chris. Well done. <laughs> I hope your team sucks in 2023, because I have your first and oh second. Oh my god! And obviously, if it's not clear, I mean, I so didn't expect it out of him that I paused the draft, thinking because I auto- saw that he, I thought he got auto drafted Lawrence because I didn't think there was a chance in hell he could or <laughs> should or would. Yeah. Take to be Lawrence. fair, a lot of like expert dynasty. Like, their drafts, they're picking him at, like, the 107, 108, no, he, 109. He's that, was, really he, that was a value based on ADP. It just, I don't think it made sense for Chris. That's that's yeah. my only thought there. Yeah, he didn't he didn't reach in terms of what you see out of other yeah. dynasty star, or what rookie you see draft ADPs. ADP-wise, yeah. Absolutely but, not reach. Let's jump into the worst pick of the draft. Now that we got done roasting Chris, or you guys did. So that was I reach of the draft. Now we're going worst pick worst of the draft? Worst pick of the draft. I will take the cake here, I oh. think. Oh, Took Jonathan Adams in the fourth, and Who he cares? was he was cut by the Lions two hours later. That's just hilarious. Um, that is literally like picked him, went to bed, woke up, cut. I was like, cool, thanks, man. Would have taken somebody else. But that's when you're in the third and fourth, or the fourth and fifth round. That's this this entire draft for for me was like, eh, who cares? Popping shots off, see what happens. So it was hilarious to see that happen. Well, I mean, I loved it. You picked at the back of the third, the back of the fourth, and the back of the fifth. Yeah, we, we know that this was kind of just, yep. you just take flyers. So I don't really think that that was a bad pick because all these guys are kind of at that. Oh, yeah. But the the pick that I think was the worst is, 
and I hate to say it because I love the player and the owner, but I think it was Michael Carter by TJ Cheney at the end Ooh. of the first. The reason why, <clears throat> I actually love Michael Carter. I think he's great. I loved him when I watched his tape at UNC. I actually, whenever I would watch the games, he was by far one of my favorite college players this past year. But he was a fourth round, is it fourth round draft pick by the yeah. Jets? Fourth round draft so. pick. A fourth round RB going in the first round of a rookie draft is low odds. Low odds of it hitting. His draft class was rough, though. I get it. But, I mean, I feel like we're going to run into – if he is relevant for one year, which I don't think he really will be, he will be irrelevant next year when the Jets take someone else. So that's kind of yeah. what I'm seeing here. He's undersized. Top end speed is low. Agility is top notch. But at the same time, he's not – He's not going to be a good long-term play. So if he pops off at all, you better trade him quickly. I mean, to me, he's an example of there's an opportunity. He belongs on a team that could compete this year mm. because there's a chance that you know I mean, their, their roster was you know they drafted like Michael P. Ryan last year late, probably about the same window of in the draft, you know, fourth round or beyond. They picked up Tevin Coleman, which you know, so they, they just have so little depth that I think. Michael Carter is less about talent and more about opportunity. Yes. And, I, again, I don't think that TJ's roster is built. Now, unless he gets like he hits on both Javante Williams and Michael Carter. and these Then guys, maybe he's super relevant. Yeah, yeah but, I mean, it, it, you don't love making picks or trades based, and you said earlier, Tyler, based upon the if. There's a lot of projection anyway, but you want to have a little – you can't have everything ba- being based upon yep. hypotheticals. When you put it all on F, it's scary as hell. So, so. Well, that's yeah. all Dynasty is, though. That's true. There, there, there needs to be an if element. All right, so do you guys have a different pick that you thought was the worst? I like mine just because it's funny. Yours is funny. It's, it's, it, was, it was definitely funny for me to see that he got cut, and then I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll go to the other guy in the fifth round. Next man up mentality. Um, yeah, no, no other ones really stood. Like I said, I think this draft, maybe it's because I was so disengaged in it. Yep. This draft was like after the first round, it's kind of like, ah, everyone's just kind of shooting a shot. Yeah. Yep. No clear like runaways, no major value picks. It's just like, all right, well, this could happen. There, and that's fine. One pick I didn't love, but it was 206. So I mean, at that point, what's it really matter? Hmm. And it was Chuba Hubbard, who is very polarizing because his junior year of college was incredible and his senior year, whatever year it was, that two years ago was awesome and the most recent year, the COVID year, was awful. And yeah. But he lands in a good spot. It's one of those, maybe it's just opportunity because he's the backup to CMC. Yeah. Maybe something happens, but I I like some of the guys that went after him better. Hmm. So Like who? Because I like, I like the uh, Hubbard pick. I thought it was a good pick. Really? Yeah. I mean... I think he's got upside that is way better than a lot of other people. I mean, um, Nico Collins. I mean, look at receivers. From, if you're if you're dialed in at, at running back, then sure, I think he was the best on the board. Yeah, but who do you who would you rather hit on? A second round running back or a second round wide receiver? I mean, I would much rather get the value in the second round on a, on a flyer running back like an Antonio yep. Gibson. Yep. I mean, look that's, at his yeah, value compared to. That's a good point. So I think it was a great pick, um, but I understand what you're saying. I mean, sure, it's it's a flyer. That's why I, I mean, so I try to preface it like, who else was he going to pick? But at, at this stage, I just I'm, I'm the, the opportunity is there as a, as a backup and a handcuff. But 
there's just a lot of questions about him because of his most recent year in college. And in a league that wasn't known for defense, he still wasn't able to make it happen himself in the Big Twelve. So I, I don't know. I don't know what I don't know what led to that, but I know if he'd come out a year before, he would have been drafted higher. So I don't know. There's just a he was drafted first round. It's just it's yeah. There's a lot of what ifs around it. So it yeah. could be great, but Jason, that's a great point. Which would you rather hit on? So that's a that's a good a good way to look at it. So, yeah. Definitely. So definitely not roasting you, Isaac. It was more just like I saw that and like. Oh, that didn't bother me. Like, you know, because I knew I picked it 301 or whatever mm-hmm. I picked. I'm like looking at the guys. Okay, there's six picks, five picks. Like, trying to, like, is there somebody I still want? There still wasn't because it's 301. <laughs> yeah. But, not a lot. That was one that I'm like, oh, interesting. Interesting pick. So, oh, that's, that's we'll all. Because that. I agree with Jason on, on reach and, and worse. Those are my two as well. So, I had, to, I just wanted to pick something else so I could talk for a second. <laughs> I'm here too. Yeah. Britain here, guys. Uh, let's jump into the way too early prediction. So we did this a little bit before the pod, guys, and I'm going to say it. After that CMC trade, Nefli is going to win the league. Put your oh, arm down, Jason. Gosh. I don't see a way that he doesn't. Oh, that's... CMC is one and a half players at his worst. At his best, he is two and a half. The guy can score so many freaking points in a single week that he can break leagues. Griffin won weeks last year only because of CMC. Keep in mind, he didn't have anybody else. His team was atrociously bad. On top of that, Nefley now has Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So Nick Chubb goes down, he's just fine. And he can play both of them in the same week. And they both had multiple weeks last year. Uh, multiple weeks might be too high. I know they both had at least a week scoring 20-plus points each. Nefley was starting both of them last year and still competed. His wide receivers aren't, like, fantastic. You don't love his wide receivers because it's, um, who is it, uh, Adam Thielen, Cortland Sutton, and Godwin. Chris Godwin. You don't love them because of Thielen <clears throat> and Sutton. Like, Godwin's going to be great. He's got Tom Brady Godwin stack. That's beautiful. Thielen, you think he's out the door, but Thielen's been relevant year after year after year. The guy is not... Getting like he's getting older, but his body is still performing. Like multiple weeks last year, over 20 points. Uh, I think one game. I know he's right at the cusp of 30 points multiple times. Um, so he's still super relevant. Like Nefley to me is one of those teams that. How many points? How many touchdowns do you think Thielen got last year? Oof, I know it was high. Yeah, how many? Uh, I want to say it was maybe 12. 14. 14 touchdowns. So it's 14, and so. <clears throat> Really, my question, yes, he did a great job. 14 touchdowns. Yeah. What, what happens if Cook thinks about touchdowns? What if half of those go to Justin Jefferson? It could. It definitely could. So that's kind of like my concern with him. It's like he's going to be declining. And I, I just, the touchdowns are really where he made his, made his money. I don't know. We'll Feeling to me reminds me of like Marvin Jones. He's just dependable. The dude's got great hands, and he's a reliable receiver for his quarterback. That's all it really comes down to. I, I think Thielen could, yes, we could cut it in half, and they could. the other half could go to Justin Jefferson. Justin he could also go to Herb Smith. They could go he to only had uh, 900, He only had 925 yards. Yeah. That's not very many. Wasn't Dalvin Cook out most of the year last year, though? No. No, Herb last year. Was a stud yeah, last he was a, year. he was a full uh, stud. Two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Cook might have missed a game last year, but... 
yeah. who doesn't? What running back doesn't? Yeah. Every so he had that many yards compared to like Justin Jefferson's fourteen hundred yards season. It's huge. Yeah, I just I don't know if I trust in Thielen. Yeah, I get it. You're still, still sticking. With I'm it. still sticking right, to John. Right. I, and I'll say this because right. I know I know I think uh, and you we like, talked about this before the pod. You both of these guys think it's Jason. And you like Sutton with a quarterback that has Jerry Judy, Javante Williams, Noah Fant, and Cortland Sutton. If he, Drew Locke is going to keep his job, he has to do it this year, and they have to score a crap ton of points. Okay. Well, he's not keeping his job. I don't think he is. So, I, mean, I, I don't think it's a lock for him to keep his job. <laughs> Pun intended. Uh, um, okay. But if, if he's going to do it, he's going to feed the wide receivers. I understand, Jason. Like, it, it has to happen. Sutton's not bad. Like, Sutton is a no, good receiver. Good. He's good. But just had has had a crappy quarterback. That's the only question mark on Johns Ross. Whereas I look on the opposite end of the table, I think the two highest teams based on our conversations, have been Jason and John. The other side of the table, there are a lot of ifs. Like, what? I don't think a lot. I'm sorry. They're just all. Right. Tell me your ifs. Okay. Hang on. Let me minimize my chat so I can actually look at your team and break it down and destroy your hopes. Your I'm just worst. kidding. Not, not really destroy your hopes. I, I still think your team's good. If, Cam Akers. Yes, Cam Akers had a great end of the season. You know who else had a great end of the season? David Montgomery. Now everyone's talking about how David Montgomery's not going to be good. So The end of the season means nothing when you look at a small sample size. He had six games where he was phenomenal, but that doesn't mean he's going to continue to score over 20 points every week. Najee Harris, he's a rookie running back. There's always a question mark for me on rookies. A.J. Brown, 100%. Believe in him, no doubt in my mind. C.D. Lamb, Dak's back, fire him up. Justin Jefferson, fire him up. George Kittle, fire him up. Kyle Pitts, question mark. That for me, like that, that going back to the Etienne conversation, like he could be great, but it's an if. Jamar Chase, same situation where he could be great, but it's an if. It's not like Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are going to fall off the map. They they spent for them. They've talked about Joe Mixon being an elite running back this year, being a three down back. They want to run the ball more. I think Jamar Chase is going to have a great year, but that what, doesn't mean what that. What a flex guy. What do you think he's he is like? A flex. But what, look at John's flex. What's his downside? Jamar Chase? Yeah, yeah. Like, what? Like or, or, I mean, wide receiver what? I would say he is a high-end, high overall in the year, probably wide receiver, late wide receiver too. Okay. Probably like wide receiver 20 at the high end for me. At the high end for you, he's wide receiver 20? Oh, wow. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. I, because he's a rookie. Every every rookie for me, Justin is, it's going to get question marks. Justin Jefferson was a rookie, yes, and he was number seven overall. I know. You're how rare the is that? Side? How how and many times played, have you seen a rookie be a top ten wide receiver? And Jefferson played second fiddle to Chase. How many times have you seen a rookie wide receiver be a top ten wide receiver in the NFL? Well, there's Odell Beckham. There's Justin Jefferson. How good is he now? Is there Mike <laughs> Evans? Was he top ten at that time? I can't remember. Yeah, that was Julio Jones. Uh, there, there's a path forward. I, I, I don't actually know if any of this are accurate. I don't know. You just I listen to top wide receivers. I do know Justin Jefferson was. <laughs> last year, forget wide receiver one. Like last year, you had several of those running of those wide receivers. McLaurin, right. McLaurin, recent memory. Like a lot of these guys, I can catch. I get it. I understand what you're saying. 
But I will definitely bank all day long on the number four and number five overall NFL draft picks. Oh my gosh. I'm just saying. <laughs> because the, I think your team the, can compete. Don't get me wrong. The rate is insanely high with those guys. I think there is a clear one-two in the league now. All right. I thought, I thought pre the CMC trade, there was a one through four. And I put myself in it. Now I don't put myself in it. Yeah, and I don't know. It's, it's a clear like I don't see a narrative where because I, I have to play you and John both twice. I know. Doesn't that suck? There's no chance that I win this league. That, to that me, hurts. that hurts. Yeah, there's clearly now because of the CMC trade. You're right. There's a clear top two. Mm-hmm. There's a, a, a tier one in our league now. Yep. That's very scary. And for every, everything you said about John is true. Those running backs are phenomenal. Very phenomenal, and you know Kamara has also been known to be up. A yep. running back plus, right? It's yep. not because of the receptions. So, yeah, I, I get that he has two really high upside running backs from Kamara and McCaffrey. And who's the third? I mean, some uh, Nick Jones. Some throw in. Uh, Golly. Uh, no, no. <laughs> this guy. So good. I'm being Just a, the RB9 last I'm, year, I'm but okay. I'm being facetious. Chubb is incredible. He is. But he's a tier below those other two. So, uh, but I will say for Jason's team, with Akers, they got. They now have a extremely competent quarterback, so I, I see the efficiency in that offense increasing. Even if Akers loses touches to Henderson, you know, in a longer season, like Akers is still, you know, top fifteen. Harris is gonna. I mean, th- that team knows how to run the ball in Pittsburgh. Like, it's. I don't think John is the clear number one, but I, I don't know. I, I will say I expect to lose to John in week two. I think my rookies will take a little bit to get going. Of course, yeah. And uh, But come midseason, yeah. I'm excited. And I, I think that's what, like, by midseason, we'll know if your team is going to be this elite team for sure. And that, that for me, is, I think, going to be what slows you to get into the playoffs, potentially. I, I don't see a narrative where you don't make it to the playoffs. Oh, honestly, at this point, up. yeah. At this point, if your team didn't make it to the playoffs, gosh, this year's playoffs is going to be wonky. Um, but, like, it, it's going to put you in a lower bracket, potentially having to face off with John week one. Because I don't see – I wouldn't be surprised if John lost one game this year. Like, his team is just strong current. There's not a lot of opportunity for him to lose one, so. Um, well, and here's what – we, we talked about this pre-recording, is that – you know, the assets may not be that much different, but I think, you know, Jason, is, I think, still has more assets to throw around. Some of them are oh, like yeah. 2020. Jason can first. make moves to make happen. So if he sees the deficiency, yep. he can go after it. Yep. I, don't, I don't know that John's going to be able to make a trade. He has some firsts, but... John's I mean, all in right now. Yeah, if he loses, year. you know, one of those running backs, it's, it's, a, it's a very different story for him. Oh, yeah. I think Jason can, can withstand that a little bit more. So yep. that I think that's what it would come down to is just the toll... Mm-hmm. Of, and the toil of an NFL season, yep. and that's what we all we all deal with. So yep. the other thing too is our teams are like on the opposite side of the spectrum. Oh my gosh, yeah! Like he's got McCaffrey, Kamara, um, Chubb, Chubb. Which McCaffrey and Kamara and Thielen, they're all on their downhill. Like they oh, are, yeah. they're going to be done in a handful of years, in a couple years. Yeah. Yep. And so, and my team is kind of ascending. Yep. Um, I think that my oldest player outside of, like, my tight end and quarterback, has been in the league for three years. I think yeah. it's A.J. Brown. 
complete opposite ends of the spectrum. And so completely. it's kind of like, yeah, you know what? I might lose this year. But you're my, looking good for next year. My yeah. team's just It doesn't change stronger. the overall outcome of, like, dynasty mindset for yeah. you, I think. I think it still is, like, mm-hmm. your team still looks great for future. Sure. But John's team looked amazing for this year. I, I, I would be surprised to see. I wouldn't go as far as to say, like, John's going to win two years in a row because of this trade. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That, that would be a stretch to me. I, way too far. Um, but, yeah. I, I think John's team's great this year. It made me sad. Because I was like, man, I got a shot this year, back-to-back title. And then as soon as that trade happened, I was like, there it goes. My shot's gone. <laughs> it is um, not gone. Eh, it's going to be a tough run. Uh, I'll <laughs> say that much. I'm really banking on Kenyon Drake and James Conner. Burf. <laughs> uh, or LaVisca Chanel. Hopefully he pans out. All right. Uh, that's the end of it. Uh, we do have I, – I, I mean, I don't think this is an announcement. If you don't know by this point – uh, the draft party is this Saturday at Britain's house. Um, what time are we starting? Six. Six o'clock this Saturday. That's July 3rd. Yep. Um, and is there anything we need to bring? Do. Yeah, so think of six to ten combo uh-huh. of, well, if it's this hot, probably not fire pit, but it can be outside, it can be in the house, down in the Burbungeon. Yes. I'll pour drinks. Mm-hmm. I'll have some drinks. In the, you know, beers and stuff if you want some. There might be some trades done. I'll, I'll have uh, some Chick-fil-A nuggets and fruit and mac and cheese. So maybe mm-hmm. bring some chips or some sides. Griff, if you're listening, those uh, peanut butter inside. The pretzel filled with peanut Ooh, butter. Oh, the peanut butter pretzels. Thank he you. loves those. He yes, does love that them. Was, that was a solid a solid addition. So, yeah, bring bring a dessert or a side chips, snack something. kind of thing. Yep. Um, if you want to BYOB, that's fine too, but I should have you covered. There's a lot down there. A lot. But yeah, I think it's 6 to 10. should be fun. Come if you can. Stay as long as you can. Yeah. And if you guys want, Kim will be out of town on Saturday, so if anybody is, please, seriously, I don't say this jokingly, if you've drank too much, if you drive home, I'm going to kick your ass. Uh, I'm speaking to you, Justin. So feel free to stay at my house. Uh, we have like four beds open. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. The draft party is what I look forward to most every year. It, it, I know winning fantasy is fun and doing the, like every week games is great, but the draft party is so much yeah. fun. I yeah. And speaking of fun, yeah, bring your significant other and, oh. and or kids. You know, cause we last yeah. year, uh, yeah, I've got Good four kids, kids so trampoline, different stuff. The, the kids will have fun and be entertained. Yeah. Bring, it's not just you leave them for the night unless you want to no judgment but it can be a family affair and, and we'll have a blast yeah definitely all right that's it we're back are we gonna do it we're not doing this again next week you guys are gonna be in cancun i'll do it by myself you guys can just hear me talk well thanks guys for listening for an hour and two minutes see you saturday see ya